Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cunningham, the great American, with you for about one hour. Then after uh, 8 o'clock, we have a coach's show. And then after 9 o'clock, it'll be Gary Jeff Walker along with uh, Jason Williams of the Enquirer and also here at this great radio station. And uh, looking at what's happening, I've had many complaints from those in the bluegrass about the long, long lines. Unlike in Ohio, we we do it differently. I might say in Ohio, we do it best. In Kentucky, my home state, there are more difficulties because of uh, the lack of early voting. It's very difficult to early vote, as you know, in Kentucky. In fact, to early vote, you have to have really a dark, uh, deep medical excuse. They did have two or three days of early voting in person, but one had to travel to a board of election to do that. And uh, Ohio, on the other hand, has so many different ways to vote. It's kind of ridiculous. And in Ohio, uh, the uh, when I, I had my several conversations with Secretary of State t- today and also with Alex Trentafilu of the Board of Elections, what they do when the ballots come in on uh, on uh, early voting, if it's through the mail, what they do is open it up and they prepare the ballot. They check the ballot. Is it legit? If it's not legit, they stick it off to the side. If it is legit with the signature on the right date, et cetera, the right address and other identifiers. So what you do then is kind of wait until uh, uh, 7.31 p.m. tonight in about 23 minutes. And then they run through those ballots. And in Ohio, there's about 1.5 million I said 1.5 million early votes in person and by mail, all of which are ready to go, to go through the machines. And so uh, as the paper ballots are being brought down from the various precincts to the various boards of election, for that hour or two, you run through 1.5 million ballots in the state of Ohio. Then about 8 o'clock or 8.15, they release that. Unlike in other years, it might have been 5, 10, or 15%. And right now in Ohio, as Jack Crumley knows, it's about one-third of the total. 1.5 million are going to be run through about 7.31 p.m., which is 22 minutes from now. And then we're going to get a printout sometime uh, 8, 8.15 from the various boards of election to determine uh, that particular uh, call. And that's likely to be so-called Democratic votes, overwhelmingly. In fact, in the year 2020, uh, at that point uh, when they were run through, Uh, Donald Trump, uh, I'm sorry, Joe Biden in Ohio had a 10 percent lead after the after the early votes were counted. And then at at the end of the day, of course, it was an 8 percent the other way. So there was an 18 point flip. And so we do not know when I had on the secretary of state today, he talked about whether or not that principle is going to hold true, which is Democrats tend to vote early. Republicans tend to vote on Election Day. That may not apply because after my discussions with those in the secretary of state's office, uh, Warren County is about uh, one-fifth the size of Cuyahoga County. In other words, it's somewhat, uh, it's about 200 and, 200 and some thousand people as opposed to almost a million. And Warren County had more raw votes than Cuyahoga County, which either demonstrates one of two things. Either more Republicans are voting than ever before early, or secondly, the Democratic vote is depressed. Because uh, Cuyahoga County should have had clearly a lot more 
votes than Warren County. It didn't work out that way. So sometime between 8 and 8.30, the various boards of election will post on their websites that Jack Crumley is going to follow closely. And from that, you'll know about one-third of the vote has already been completed. And most of the pundits will tell you that at that point, if the Republican is really close to the Democrat, in that case, it's going to be a good night for the Republicans. If, on the other hand, the Democrat has a wide margin, whatever race it might be, after one-third of the votes are counted, it's going to be a much different kind of a day. But first of all, Jack Crumley, once again, you'll come in at 15 and 45. Here we are, 712 approximately. Give us a full report. Yes. Uh, am I? Am I? There we go. Yes. Uh, on time is early is on time and on time is late. It's, it's so Cintas time. I wanted to come in, make sure we were we were right here for it. You know, you took a call earlier today from someone reporting some long lines in Erlanger. Uh, I talked to someone representing the Kenton County clerk. Uh, no real issues per se, just uh, the the way that they explained it was, you know, it's a big ballot with a lot of issues being decided. And he said that people were really taking the time to read through things uh, and were maybe taking longer to vote than usual. The other interesting thing that, about that is that Kenton County is one of 10 counties in Kentucky uh, that has this express vote option this year where they brought in specific uh, ADA compliant machines that let people vote. It essentially means, and anybody can use them, but it basically means that if you are a Kenton County resident, you can vote at any polling place in Kenton County as long as you're using this express uh, option, which is sort of a blank uh, ballot, and then you sort of plug it in with your address, and it, it, it goes as Quaker. you go. Uh, so that sort of gave people options. If you were running into very long lines, which we saw some pictures on TV and heard the reports from some callers that you took, uh, it, it, that, that maybe gave people some alternatives. Speaking of that, Brian Hamrick was just on Channel 5 about those long lines in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And Brian Hamrick, can you tell the American people, because I watched a report as recently as two or three minutes ago, about what happened in Kentucky with incredibly long lines. How you doing? I can barely... Go ahead. Well, can you hear me okay? I can. A number of places in Lakeside Park right now, and they just, you know, when the polls here at 6 o'clock, they were wrapped around, uh, most of the way around Lakeside Park Church. It's a long, it's a long church, probably, I want to say maybe 70 yards outside, but once it got inside... It, it zigzagged like, you know, uh, one of those uh, amusement rides you go to at uh, Kings Island. You have to go through the turnstiles inside. So people are telling us uh, the line moved pretty quick, but it was still about an hour and 20 minutes for people to vote here at Lakeside Park. And we heard there were some other places that were even, uh, the, the wait was even longer. We heard it was hours up to St. Barbara's up off of Turkey Foot. So, there were a number of places. Now, I don't know uh, how much of that's attributed to uh, a, a bigger turnout, how much is attributed to combining polling places. I was told in Kenton County, you can actually go to any of the polling places. So I don't know if people just went to the popular ones. But I will say there was a, a poll worker here said they had about 4,000, and that was way more than he said he remembers seeing in a long time here. Uh, so it does sound like we're getting a pretty good turnout here in, in Kentucky. In fact, the two amendments that are the big ones in Kentucky, one and two, the legislative session is one and the abortion issue is two. It looks as if two is garnering most of the most of the heat and the light relative to that. And uh, when I watched the interview with one of the state reps, 
All it said was uh, allow the assembly in Frankfurt in order to pass rules and regulations about abortion, that abortion is not in the Kentucky Constitution. Do you think the average citizen in Kentucky knew the nuances of yes or no, what they were voting for? Uh, you know, that's hard to say. I, I did find people pretty well informed on it, though, when we started talking to people out at the polls. And it was one of the things that seemed to bring people into the polls. Uh, you know, did everybody really understand exactly what that meant? I do know that people knew, you know, look, I'm on this side of the issue. And I don't, use, as let's say somebody was, you know, they wanted to make sure that uh, the uh, abortion law stands as it is now, that there will be no abortions except for the risk of the mother's life in uh, Kentucky. And they wanted to vote to have that uh, uh, amendment, constitutional amendment put in. They didn't know that. And the folks that were against that and were pro-choice, they knew they wanted to vote no. They don't want that amendment. So I, I think people were aware of which side they needed to vote on. But I'm not sure that they understood the nuances of this. Because it doesn't, it doesn't really do anything to the law right now. What right. it does is it brings the ability to make a challenge that's going to be a lot more difficult um, in the future if, if this amendment uh, passes. Yeah, and, and if you give the right to the legislature in Frankfurt to pass abortion restrictions, it's going to happen because Kentucky makes Ohio look liberal when it comes in the lawmakers. And so you have to assume if you give to Frankfurt the opportunity to pass abortion restrictions, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, um, and this will be part of the constitution. So anyone see, because, so you've got the legislative uh, uh, branch of the government making the laws and, and saying, Hey, here's what our constituents say. They voted us in. We want this law. We want this restrictive abortion policy. But then uh, the other folks go to the uh, you know judicial branch and say, hey, we want it interpreted this way. We think the Constitution gives a woman a right to have this abortion if she so chooses. And so they take that argument to the uh, judicial branch and try and make their argument. Well, if this passes, it'll be in the Constitution. And there will be no interpretation, so or it'll be very difficult to make an interpretation. It's going to be right there in the Constitution. So that's why this was so important, uh, because it'll really, I think it'll really make it difficult for those legal challenges later that we see sometimes when there's a situation like this and there's there's new laws on the books. So that's that's going to be. Here's the interesting thing: you were talking about how many Republicans in, in Northern Kentucky, uh, you know. Uh, I went to vote today. I'm in northern Kentucky. And it, I, I tell you what was amazing or striking to me is that how many Republicans were running unopposed. I mean, there were very few locals. There were county commissioners. There were judges. You, I mean, uh, uh, city council people uh, unopposed, just unopposed by Democrats at all. The sheriff was unopposed. Um, uh, and that's, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I would think if the Democrats were hoping to gain ground, that they would start trying to get people into some of these races and, and at least make a showing in some of those. Well, we'll see what happens. And Brian Hamry, thanks for calling in, and we appreciate it. But Jock, Jock Kremley was reporting in the long lines, and you were there physically. And some of the lines I saw in northern Kentucky in your report looked to be a mile long, and it would take two hours plus to vote. And that's not the way it ought to be. It ought, ought to be an easier way to vote. And did you find a lot of angst? A lot of Kentuckians were angry about the situation? 
Uh, a couple of people were, this is, I hope you're reporting on how long these lines are, but most of the people were very patient and they, they stood there and waited. And as long as their feet were moving, they seemed to be okay with it. And I just talked to a guy that got out. I said, how long take you? He goes, wait a minute. When I got here, I sent my wife a picture and he goes, uh, an hour and 20 minutes. It took me an hour and 20 minutes. And he, he kind of shook his head. He goes, but I'm glad I did it. It was important to be here. So yep. that was sort of the, how a lot of people wound up. I don't think people want to do this every time they have an election, you know. But uh, so hopefully, you know. But, I mean, remember it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how apathetic people seem to be. We have a big election yeah. and nobody even showed up. <laughs> you, know? And, you know, one of these poll workers told me, they said, I think people, and I said, do you think it was this um, amendment too, you know, that got people out here? And he goes, I think people on both sides, and this was a poll worker, long-time poll worker, done this for a long time. He goes, I think both sides just want to have their voice heard, and uh, they were just here because they there's so much angst in the country, and they just wanted to come here to have their voice heard. Yeah. All right. Jack Crumley. Yeah, no, that's uh, the long lines that we were hearing about from the Kenton County election people, Erlanger, Independence, Edgewood, all seeing heavy turnout. But uh, at the same time, they said spots in Covington uh, were, were moving along just great. So I think that I think that getting the word out about that express voting option where anybody in the county can vote at any polling place, uh, it was apparently just introduced in the primaries. So in hopefully future elections, as people get used to that, that should maybe make things a little bit but easier. But in Ohio, you can't do that. you got to no. vote in your precinct. But and, Kentucky says vote anywhere. Yeah. Well, and Kenton County, it's uh, Kenton County, only one of ten counties I was told in the whole state that have that as an Not option right now. So it's a little bit exclusive right now. Brian Hamrick, thank you for coming. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I think people didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't think people realized that here because I was talking to people in line. And I said, hey, I talked to people who went down to Covington and voted at the county building, and there was no line down there because yeah. I don't think when people realized that was a polling base. I don't think that's sunk in yet that people know they can do that in Kenton County. All right, Brian Hamrick, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham. Show with co-host Jack Crumlin. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks again, Mr. Cunningham. Thank you, Brian. Right, let's take a short break, and uh, Jack will be back about quarter to late by about eight o'clock, eight fifteen. We should have some results. All on News Radio seven hundred WLW. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, kids. Time for another great story from Uncle Willie's big book, Afraid Americans. Today, Joe Kim, a flight steward during the early days of passenger aviation. Planes would fly low, then passengers would vomit from the turbulence. <laughs> Joe had to clean their yak with a broom and a dustpan. He'd had enough of that, decided to start packing paper bags on airplanes. The first barf bag. So the next time you barf in a bag, say thanks to Joe Kim, a great American like me. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham tomorrow at 12 noon on 700 WLW. This is Carly from Ohio Valley Antique Mall. This really is the most wonderful time of year. Come relive your favorite holiday memories as soon as you walk through our doors. Shop in our warm and festive atmosphere and let your eyes wander among the variety of vintage collectibles, cookie cutters, tins, and even ugly Christmas sweaters. Or pick up a gift certificate. 
Enjoy Christmas shopping again at Ohio Valley Antique Mall on Route 4 in Fairfield. Visit OhioValleyAntiques.com and happy holidays from our family to yours. Woody Sander Ford is excited to announce their inventory is better than ever. Shop their F-150s, Explorers, and Edges. Also now... It's a compilation of several of the websites slash polls indicate from their perspective that the Republicans will pick up three seats in the United States Senate and about 37 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. And so if that holds, we're going to know pretty good indication of the next uh, next hour or two. Now, now one thing that uh, appears likely at this point, ABC News has indicated that Rand Paul has held his Senate seat in the great state of Kentucky over Booker. Rand Paul has held that along with Senator Scott in South Carolina. So those are two holes that are not, shall we say, a surprise whatsoever. And the, and the voting right now to New Hampshire with Bulldog and Hassan, at this point, Hassan is holding an edge of 62% to 37% over Bulldog. However, less than 1% of the votes are in. So it'll trickle in a little more quickly in New Hampshire than uh, perhaps other states in New Hampshire. Each uh, voting uh, district, which are, tend to be counties, can decide whether to close at uh, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., or 8 p.m. The great majority close at 7 p.m. And much like in Ohio, they're starting to run through the system, the absentee voting to determine uh, whether or not uh, to save time at the other end. In Pennsylvania, by state law, they cannot open up the envelopes. So in uh, Pennsylvania, they have about two and a half million early votes. And if it's by if it's by mail, they cannot open up the envelope determine whether the ballot is legitimate, see if it meets legal requirements until after polls close, which is 8 p.m. So that's why Pennsylvania is delayed. There were efforts by Frank LaRose, our Secretary of State, who went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and talked to them about the Ohio way, in which when I had on Frank LaRose earlier this afternoon, he said that certainly by 11.30 p.m., or midnight, we're going to have a very clear indication as to how the election is going. Now, there will be several thousand ballots that are sent by military personnel overseas. And if they're postmarked by yesterday, uh, they're going to be counted. But that's a small number of the total votes. But once again, we had the highest early vote turnout in Ohio history. That said something, but not a lot, because Ohio did not have early voting until about, uh, about 10, 12 years ago. So this is the highest number, which is about 1.5 million, about one third of the total. And then two thirds will be uh, voting on today, uh, today in, in person voting. And so we'll find out what the results are, at least in Ohio, by uh, midnight. And Jack Crumley will have the results of the early votes around 8 o'clock to 8.15 p.m. Uh, and then in Indiana, Kentucky, the votes are coming in as I speak under the same parameters. So let's continue with more. Coaches show 8 to 9. And then Gary, Jeff, and uh, Jason Williams will be with you from 9 p.m. until midnight. It's now 7.30 at your home of the Bengals. News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. Votes have been cast as the results start to come in. With the 7.30 report, I'm Sean Gallagher, breaking now. 
polls have just closed across Ohio. Our own Matt Reese with the voter turnout numbers in Hamilton County as voting started to wind down in the midterm this evening. More than 34,000 people voted early and in person in Hamilton County this year versus about 21,000 during the last midterm election, which was in 2018. But total voter turnout probably won't exceed 2018, which was 58%. The director of the Board of Elections, Sherry Poland, is now hoping for 50%, which is still a respectable number. You know, it's been a good day. Poll workers are reporting just sort of a steady flow of voters all day. We've had no reports of long lines, so things are going well. From Norwood, Matt Reese, News Radio 700, WLW. Locally in Ohio's newly drawn first congressional district, Republican incumbent Steve Shabbat being challenged by former Cincinnati City Council member Greg Lansman, the Democratic nominee. Statewide races see Governor Mike DeWine seeking a second term, being challenged by former Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley. And one of the bigger races the country has its eyes on is the one for U.S. Senate, Democratic Congress. Congressman Tim Ryan is looking to flip outgoing Republican U.S. Senator Rob Portman's seat as Democrats look to hold on to their slim majority in the Senate, while J.D. Vance looks to keep that seat with the GOP. Polls closed to Kentucky earlier this evening. Some early results in just a moment. Now the latest traffic and weather together. And right now, checking the major interstates and highways, not seeing any new accidents at this time. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Mostly clear tonight, a low of 40 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine, just a few clouds, and my high is 70. At night, fair, and we're down to 47. A look ahead shows rain likely Friday and Arctic air this weekend. From your severe weather station, I'm nine first warning. Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh, News Radio 700 WLW. Clear skies right now. Our temperature is 54 degrees. Some early results out of Kentucky as pools closed there at 6 o'clock. Fourth Congressional District. Republican incumbent Thomas Massey taking on Democratic challenger Matthew Lehman, still awaiting those early numbers. U.S. Senate race has been called as Republican incumbent Rand Paul projected to defeat Democratic challenger Charles Booker. Amendment 2, which is asking voters if the Kentucky Constitution should be amended to say there is no right to an abort, a right to abortion, with 20% of the precincts reporting, 57% of voters are currently against that amendment. Some of the first exit polls showing the stark opinion of among voters in the midterms. Dissatisfaction or anger with the direction of the country is how 73% of voters said they felt in a preliminary exit poll. 46% say their personal finances are worse than they were two years ago. 32% of voters say inflation's their top issue, while 27% said it's abortion. A general alarm being sounded by 70% of voters who say democracy is threatened, with roughly equal percentages of Republicans, Democrats, and independents saying that is the case. Brian Clark, ABC News. These Second college football playoff rankings revealed tonight. A new number one as Georgia takes the top spot. Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU round out the top four in that order. Tennessee and Oregon, the first two out. Kentucky sitting at number 24. In the American Athletic Conference, Tulane at number 17. UCF up to number 22. Our next update is at 8 o'clock. I'm Sean Gallagher, News Radio 700. WLW. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 700 WLW, an iHeartRadio station. Who do you think's going to beat our prices? A $49 tune-up special this week only. Call my friends at Arlinghouse Plumbing, Heating, and Air. The betting parlors of England had a more than a 99% chance of winning. 
But uh, this may be one of the great electoral victories in Ohio history as Governor Mike DeWine keeps his seat. And I would note that uh, U.S. Congressman Thomas Massey, who I would vote for five times in a heartbeat, is running third in his race presently. But uh, less than 2% of the votes are in. At the end of the day, we're very confident that Thomas Massey will hold on to his seat. Now, what happening, what is occurring now in 2022 is completely different than what happened in 2020. And it was because of what happened in 2020. There is a uh, massive wake-up call for Americans of the Republican Party. And the months leading up to the this particular election, the rules have changed significantly compared to what they were in 2020. Not well reported, of course, by the mainstream media, in which the term election denier is being used on a regular basis. In 2020, because of COVID-19. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. There was a rule change scheme put together by Democrats such as attorney Mark Elias. He's a super lawyer working with Hillary Clinton. He's an election law specialist, which uh, changed how we voted in 2020 because of COVID-19. The changes were instituted legally. Let me say it again. The changes were instituted legally. Frequently, though, they were affected by other means, such as a friendly state or a local official will change the rules unilaterally. But the changes were uh, tried to be challenged in court without success. The courts did not rule that it was a full, full and fair election. What they did say, we're not going to get involved in the changing of the rules. Some of the rules that changed that were talked about in this uh, Time magazine story sought to flood certain areas of our country that are important states in the election with tens of millions of unsupervised mail-in ballots historically understood to be ripe for fraud and other election irregularities than supervised in-person voting. So if someone receives a ballot in the mail, who's filling it out? Who's helping the person fill it out? Or is there a bunch of uh, individuals collecting those ballots called ballot harvesting? The plan also involved a private takeover of government election offices to run democratically focused get-out-the-vote operations funded by Mark Zuckerberg 
one of the world's richest men. In fact, he put together a project in which he contributed about $400 million to two left-wing groups that focused on grants and assistance to government offices in democratically areas of swing states, so-called 2,000 mules, in which people were hired to register to vote hundreds of thousands of people in five or six important states. By the way, at the point, this was not illegal. This radical change, as Time Magazine called it, took the widespread practice of placing ballot drop boxes predominantly in Democratic areas of the, of the county, mailing out unsolicited mail-in ballots or applications, using well-funded teams of ballot harvesters, both inside and outside of government, lowering and changing the standards for mail-in ballot acceptance and fixing or curing ballots that were improperly filled out. That's what happened in 2020. Once again, what I'm describing here was not necessarily illegal. Then you had corporate media, which is Facebook and Twitter, that involved in a uh, campaign of disinformation that benefited only Democrats by suppressing news that hurt the Democratic Party, such as the Hunter Biden laptop. So you had Facebook and Twitter uh, working with big tech, with the Democrats, to deplatform effective conservative voices and media outlets. And candidate debates occurred long after mail-in and early balloting had already begun, and poll workers were sidelined and observers under the guise of a COVID emergency, stopping the count, starting the count, etc. All that happened has now changed. In 2022, because of the scrutiny of the RNC, the Republican National Committee, that... Uh, Many Americans have poured themselves into restoring ballot integrity, which is also legal and also very important. In fact, uh, I had Ronna McDaniel on a couple weeks ago, and she talked about the efforts to recruit literally tens of thousands of poll workers to actually see what's going on and actively participate in the election of 2022. They're now executing the game plan as I speak to make it more difficult, shall we say, to game the system. Was it all illegal? Can't say that. Did courts have hearings to indicate it was legal? Can't say that. By the time the victors were identified in December, it was too late. The courts ruled the issue wasn't as uh, moot because uh, it was too late to change the outcome and because the inaugural was so close. And so you have a terrible circumstance that uh, 2020 hopefully will be the anomaly and will not be the circumstances that go forward from this point on. Uh, the network put together by uh, the RNC trained about 76,000 poll workers, several of whom are working as I speak. So let's continue with more. And Jack Crumley, what do we got now, if anything? Well, uh, you know, still waiting on some early tranches of results to come through. I believe uh, uh, the Associated Press, at the very least, is already calling uh, the uh, Senate race between Rand Paul and Charles Booker uh, in favor of the incumbent Rand Paul. That's not the biggest surprise in the world. We are starting to see some early results coming in. Uh, that first group uh, putting uh, Tim Ryan, Congressman Tim Ryan, ahead of J.D. Vance so far in that race for Rob Portman's Senate seat. But it's a long night to go uh, as far as results on that go. You know, one of the more notable things in that race is the amount of money that was raised by the Ryan campaign 
in this election cycle, a record-breaking amount. I think the previous record was held by Sherrod Brown the last time that he was up for re-election, and it was somewhere around 20-odd million dollars. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Tim Ryan campaign raised something like 40-plus million uh, during this election cycle. I'm not sure if that includes the primary or not, but all the same, that, that is an astonishing amount of money, and I, I, I don't know exactly where all the sources from that could possibly be to be to be to to break the record twice over in fact uh one of the reporting i saw was including the primary it was closer to 60 million dollars and we still have the reporting on the last two or three weeks yeah it could be well over 60 million dollars and if the polls are right according to polling which i don't know if any of us trust polls completely but it appears as if jd vance is pulling away and now holds an advantage of maybe uh, as many as 10 percentage points which i do not believe i, I don't think there's any way that uh, someone can spend that kind of money as uh, spent by tim ryan and lose by 10 percentage points but it's possible and i think you know, mike dewine's wake may bring with him mm. a whole bunch of smaller boats and that by that i mean the number one number two guy on the ballots after Mike DeWine is the U.S. Senate race. Yeah. And so you're going to, unless there's ticket splitters, which t- sometimes take place. I mean, Sherrod Brown has held that office for about 18 years, and he's a liberal Democrat, and he keeps winning. Yeah. And Mike DeWine keeps winning. And so he's a conservative Republican. But we'll see what happens. They've also called uh, the uh, Senate seat and uh, Senator uh, Scott in uh, South Carolina, along with Rand Paul. And uh, it's too early to have any particular conclusions until sometime after eight o'clock at least in ohio well and there's gonna you know there's a lot of closer races too out further west in uh nevada's a very close race as far as for the in ter- speaking in terms of the you know control of the senate goes uh it's going to be you know i would say much later into the night before we have much of an idea of the way the winds are blowing but you know i don't think there's any reason to think that generally speaking uh it's a midterm election and the republicans are pretty well poised to uh to to make some gains uh for sure in congress and we'll see the way the senate shakes out there's a lot of very close races the the vance uh ryan race uh has been close for months like you said i, I think it's 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 hard to believe that uh, J.D. Vance uh, could potentially take this by 10-odd points. We don't know. He certainly has been uh, pulling ahead in the last couple of months. There was an interesting uh, sort of evolution coming out of the primary. Uh, Tim Ryan was on TV everywhere coming out of that primary. Uh, and you didn't see a lot of J.D. Vance, at least speaking here locally in the Cincinnati area. And then within, what, a couple of months ago, uh, Mitch McConnell's PAC started getting involved and a lot of money got injected into the campaign on that end to, to back up J.D. Vance because I, I, I wonder how much uh, there were alarm bells going off in terms of, hey, this is Rob Portman's Senate seat. This is relatively reddish purple Ohio. We, 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 need, to, we need to hold on to this one. And we lose that. If the Republicans lose this one, it's over. Because if you can't win in Ohio right. with a, may I say, a clean candidate with no record in politics who's going to be well-funded, if J.D. Vance right. can't win, then we've got real problems everywhere else. Another interesting thing, thing are the two state ballot initiatives in Ohio, and mm. in uh, Kentucky, Ohio, one is going to pass, I think, by a wide margin, which yeah. is a judge must uh, consider a, a community safety when setting a bond. You don't have to consider it. I've asked, uh, you know, those who put it on the ballot, Yost and Joe Dieters, and also Julie Bates, the Democratic prosecutor in Lucas County. And uh, a judge can ignore that, too. He simply can say, I'm considering the safety of the community and I'm releasing you. That's OK. But at least you got to say on paper that I'm mm. considering the safety of the community. That'll pass by a wide margin. But the other issue, state issue two in Ohio, which is a little bit different. Yellow Springs, Ohio, was uh, going to permit illegal aliens to vote. They were going to have not citizenship as a part of the electoral process in municipal elections. Yes, yeah, specifically for local, local. races. 
And because in the state of Ohio, you have to be a citizen, you have to be a resident, you have to register to vote for at least 30 days. So there were some liberal enclaves like Yellow Springs that said, we're going to get rid of that. And so it was thought electorally from, by, by my Republican friends that if we put those two issues on the ballot, it's going to pull out more J.D. Vance voters. Yeah. It's going to pull out more voters for the two Pats and Sharon Kennedy running for the high Supreme Court. And so a little bit of gamesmanship to bring out people who are uh, concerned about murderers being set free and also uh, Mexicans voting in Yellow Springs elections, which I don't know if that's that big of an issue. Well, and, and, you, and critics of issue, too, would say that, yeah, this is the, the idea of banning local governments from allowing non-citizens to vote in specifically local elections has been painted as a solution in search of a problem. And the, the people in Yellow Springs that were, you know, sort of advocating for this were, you know, talking about, hey, we're a we're a, a two square mile community. And if there are it, it, it's not even necessarily about illegal immigrants. If there are legal immigrants in our community who are technically non-citizens, but they've got kids going to school and they're working and paying taxes if they want to maybe have a say in what's going on in the school board or some election that's extremely local purely for that municipality state law still says non-citizens cannot vote at the county level the state level anything higher than that uh and 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 also incorporating the idea of home rule being a part of the constitution already uh i think that's where the argument lies on their end of things frank larose like you said came in and said no you know what i'm running elections in the state we we can't start uh you know fudging and allowing uh changing the rules about who's allowed to vote or not can't do it. And it is thought by the Republicans that issues one and two will pull people out. It's also thought in Kentucky, there's not really a tough legislative race in Kentucky to right. put something on abortion on the ballot, may pull out a lot of right to lifers, may pull out a bunch of pro-choice uh, advocates, too. And so that's a double-edged sword. Nobody's in favor of high inflation, but half the people want abortion. The other half do not want it. And so it's kind of a split issue. And then you want restrictions. Now, right now, it appears like the nose are winning in uh, Kentucky on the abortion issue. And number the number one issue is should state legislators be able to call themselves into session? At this point, that's passing by a wide margin. If you read it, it kind of, well, why can't you do it? Well, in Kentucky, you can. The governor's got to say, mm-hmm. got to call him into session. During the COVID days, uh, the Kentuckians are very angry at the governor for not uh, uh, calling the legislature into session mm. to pass different rules than he implemented. And so the governor's hardly ever going to do that. But so the legislators... Well, depending on the way the parties... If it's all the one. Shakes out, But right now, they're all Republicans, except for Andy Beshear. He's a Democrat. So that right now is passing. The other one is not so much. And right now, issue one in Ohio with 3% is 70-30. And issue two, requiring citizenship to vote... Basically the same thing. Same thing. Is 67% yes. And with 3% of the vote in, Jennifer Bruner is uh, temporarily beating Sharon Kennedy... And uh, the Democrat Terry Jamison is temporarily beating Pat Fisher. And Marilyn Zayas is temporarily beating Pat DeWine by wide margins, which you anticipate because those are the early votes who tend to be Democratic votes. Yeah, it's it's very early on. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone with a name recognition of Pat DeWine, regardless of, you know, some of the controversies that have been involved in this year with him ruling on cases that directly involve his father. I I think with that name recognition, uh, I would think it's going to help. In Kentucky, four, both of them, uh, issue one was... Winning and issue two is losing at this point. But once again, only about 23 percent of the vote is in in Kentucky. We'll see more. Yeah. Jack Crumley, thank you. Thank you. Let's continue with more. 751, the home of your Bengals and election coverage 2022 on News Radio 700 WLW. Mike McConnell here with a simple trick to turn your boring, ho-hum life into a thrilling, meaningful, exciting life. 
You're asking how, Mike? How? It's easy. Listen to podcasts of my show on the iHeartRadio app and hear the parts you may have missed. Or better yet, listen to the whole show over again. Now that's entertainment. Mike McConnell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Missed filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF's low price lock with U-Drive. This is Jennifer Mueller, Vice President of Human Resources at Cintas. We believe in offering our employees... Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American, with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Thereafter, uh, the Luke Fickle Show will be live from the Montgomery and in Montgomery. And then after that, we're going to have Gary Jeff Walker and Jason Williams who will be here to talk about uh, meaningful election results. Sometime in the next 10 to 15 minutes, Hamilton County, in fact, most of Ohio, is going to release the uh, early voting, which is one-third of the total. But one illustrative matter that occurred is that uh, Pennsylvania, which is a key state, was... Uh, was uh, the site of questions exit polling. Now, when voters leave the polling place, they voluntarily, yay or nay, uh, allow to be interviewed by, in this case, Fox News. And over the course of, uh, what, 14 hours in three different states, Fox News uh, interviewed 100,000 people. And uh, what what is the most important issue facing America that caused your vote to occur? So this is something that said, I'm voting for on this issue. Number one was call it economy, jobs, and inflation. So the economy, jobs, and inflation was 47%. Economy, jobs, and inflation. Number two was abortion at 10%. Number three was immigration at 9%. Number four was climate change at 9%. Break it down in abortion. It's about a 50-50 issue. So of the 10% who actually said, you know what, I'm voting on the abortion issue. I'm pro-life. I'm a practicing Roman Catholic. It's an important issue for me. And then, of course, there are pro-choice Americans who think it is not the killing of the unborn, but it's an inconvenient uh, mass, a tumor of some sort inside your body. And so while no one's in favor of a bad economy, no one is in favor of high inflation, so of the 47% who said, that's why I just voted, because that issue was important to me, 47% said, guess what? Inflation, jobs, and the economy, I voted on that issue. You'd have to think the great majority of those voted for the Republican candidate. Secondly, abortion is 10%. But half of the 10% are pro-life, and they also, of course, would vote for the Republican. Throw on top of that immigration, which is 9%, number three, 9%. The great majority of those are concerned about immigration to have less of it, not more of it. That also cuts toward a Republican candidate. And fourth is climate change, which is 9%. And I would say the great bulk of that would be Democratic vote. So the 47% the top issue, those individuals vote would support Republicans. Abortion, which is 10%, would be 50-50. That's about 5% more. Immigration, there's too much of it. That's a Republican issue. So you don't ask what a per, who a person just voted for, but you will ask, what are the issues that motivated your vote? Therefore, the voter is more likely to be frank and honest and disclose important issues without saying specifically who you voted for. But the great majority of people voted on the issue of the economy and inflation and jobs, things of that character, which involves uh, utilities and natural gas and fuel oil and diesel. My trucking friends tell me that it's more than $5 a gallon on diesel, and guess what? All the smart money says that number is going one direction, which is up. So let's continue with more. From 8 to 9, it'll be the Luke Fickle Show, and 9 to midnight, 
Gary Jeff Walker is here already, uh, along with Jason Williams of the Inquirer, also of us, to talk about the results. Sometime after 8 o'clock, we anticipate they're coming in, and uh, we'll see how the two issues work in Ohio and the two issues work in Kentucky, plus the candidates and more. Of course, uh, AP has already called the race for Governor Mike DeWine and for Senator Rand Paul. It's already a done issue. But let's continue. 8 o'clock, home of your Reds and Bengals, Bearcats and more. The home of great Americans. That would be, of course, News Radio 700, WLW, Cincinnati. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700, WLW, Cincinnati. Early voting results coming in to the newsroom. This is the 8 o'clock report. I'm Sandy Collins. Breaking now, the polls have closed in Ohio and Indiana and in Kentucky. And the results are coming in. The Associated Press has called the race for uh, Governor Mike DeWine, uh, also CNN and NBC projecting DeWine to have won over uh, Nan Whaley. However, Nan Whaley's team says it isn't all over yet until all of the ballots are counted. In Kentucky, the AP is projecting Rand Paul will win his Senate seat with only 10 percent of the votes in. The measure to ban abortion in Kentucky is losing at this early hour. Nine percent of the vote in, 56 percent say abortion should be legal in Kentucky. In Indiana, ABC is calling Senator Todd Young as projected to win there. Steve Shabbat here in Ohio is ahead of Greg Landsman in early results about, make that uh, Greg Landsman ahead of Steve Shabbat. That correction there in early results by about 5,000. Matt Reese now at the polling center in Norwood. Election Day 2018 has been mostly uneventful. Board of Elections Director Sherry Poland says the equipment's been working fine, though there was a problem with a barcode at a poll on the west side. Sailor Park was one of the precincts that had the misprint on the ballots. Um, basically, it was a misprinting of the barcode, so it prevented the ballot from being scanned. But we do have, as I said, contingency plans in place. More than 34,000 people voted early and in person. That's a huge increase from the last midterm four years ago, but overall turnout probably won't match it. It was 58% in 2018. Poland hoping at this point to reach 50% this year. From Norwood, Matt Reese, News Radio 700 WLW. We'll have those numbers as they come in tonight, all night long, here on News Radio 700 WLW. We are looking at the traffic patterns now with traffic and weather together. In uh, Butler County, there is a road, Tylersville Road, is closed between East uh, uh, Hamilton Enterprise Park Drive and Gateway Avenue. That is TFN. That uh, pole has been down for quite some time, but there are no highway problems right now. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center. Ever wonder what visiting the dentist without fear would feel like? Learn about the Advanced Industry difference at NoFearDentist.com. As we head to our Wednesday daybreak, mostly clear, a morning low of 40 degrees. The rest of our Wednesday, sunshine with just a few clouds, a high of 70. At night, fair and down to 47. A look ahead shows rain likely Friday and Arctic air this weekend. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. Right now, 51 degrees with clear weather. Here in Cincinnati, and news is a service of Serval Electric. Identifying the issues that voters care about, that is key to winning this year. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze gives us a reality check. 
The reality is that inflation has stayed stubbornly high. The government's September consumer price index rose 8.2 percent compared to a year before. Gas prices have come down a bit, with the national average for a gallon of gas dropping around 9 cents in the past month, but it's still 38 cents higher than at this time last year. There's undoubtedly strength in the jobs market, with the unemployment rate near a 50-year low. But for many voters, the price you pay at the grocery store or at the pump appears to be a more tangible measure of the economy than the broader strength in the jobs market. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. And there is other news today in the Roden family murders outside of the jury's presence today. The defense and prosecution got into a heated discussion over secret recordings of conversations between members of the Wagner family by BCI investigators. There were 40 conversations recorded in all. A BCI bugged the semi-truck that the man on trial, George Wagner IV, and his brother Jake, who's already admitted to killing the rodents, they were driving across the country for a Warren County trucking company when those conversations were recorded. Testimony will continue tomorrow. I'm Sandy Collins. Next update at 8.30 on News Radio 700 WLW. This report is sponsored by the Ad Council. Attention thrifters. Those awesome finds you get at Goodwill are even awesomer than you realize. Because as a nonprofit, Goodwill uses your purchases to fund job training and more in our neighborhoods. Learn more at Goodwill.org. Sponsored by the Ad Council. Here are five big reasons to buy a Toyota Highlander. It's built in the USA. It's got room for up to eight. Highlander's the best-selling SUV in its class. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.